So you're all here for SFTP, huh? Well, thank you. I know it's 7 o'clock, so we are competing with gambling and drinks and dinner. So thank you for coming over. Um, and yes, we are going to talk about SFTP. I'm Asa Calavid. I'm the GM of um, the service called Transfer for SFTP. And I'm super excited to have with me Ranga from FINRA and Smita, who is the product manager on the service. So they're going to try and make this a good use of your time. We'll uh, tell you a little bit about why we built SFTP and give you a little bit more details on the service, its benefits, key features, pricing. Um, then Finra will, um, uh, Ranga will tell us about how uh, Finra is looking to use AWS Transfer for SFTP for their file exchange offering. Um, and then Smita will go into a demo and show you um, how you can get your SFTP server going in three steps. So, you know, when we started thinking about this problem about uh, a year plus ago, we were like, do customers really need SFTP? Isn't this the modern world where everyone is moving into um, uh, APIs and no one uses SFTP? But the more and more we started talking to folks, we realized it is a highly um, prevalent protocol, deeply embedded in a lot of uh, very important, very business critical use cases. You know, you have uh, financial industries trading stock data or settlement data uh, in by um, telecom providers do, doing billing and settlement for call data records, uh, healthcare, uh, you name it, and there is F, uh, SFTP. So what, what are customers doing today? You know, they're most of, and I'm sh um, sure, you know, you guys will probably fall into one of two categories. Um, there is on-prem SFTP servers where you host your own SFTP server on-prem, you manage your data transfers, and in many cases, the data gets stored on-prem and it remains on-prem. Uh, in addition to the data not going to AWS, again, there's a lot of operational hassles of keeping and maintaining those servers, uptime, and so on. Some of you are looking to move this um, SFTP workload to AWS, and the advantage is obvious. You want the data in AWS, so you can um, use it for archiving, processing, doing additional workloads on that, feeding it into a data lake, et cetera. So the benefits are obvious. Maybe by a show of hand here, how many of you fit into the first category where you have uh, SFTP already on-prem? Quite a few. Um, and obviously you want to get that data into S3. The challenge is to get this data in you, you know, we, you don't want to make changes to any of those hundreds of clients and partners that are connected to this. You know, a lot of these applications are old, um, or the, the end users are all distributed, and it's difficult to make those changes. So our goal in building this service was to enable this SFTP data to move to the cloud. So some customers have been uh, hosting their own SFTP servers in the cloud. So many of them that we talked to say, yes, I have put up my EC2 servers, I'm running um, some open source or commercial SFTP software on that. Um, then they end up having to uh, figure out how to move the data from the EBS disks over to uh, S3, do the protocol conversion, log rotation, uh, scalability, or nodding away, so I'm sure I'm uh, going after the key uh, pain points that we've heard from customers. And so our goal was to make these problems go away so you can actually focus on making use of that data once it gets into um, AWS. So we, we launched uh, AWS Transfer for SFTP. 
It's a fully managed SFTP service, um, allow, allowing data to go into Amazon S3. And there's few key features. So the first goal of the service was to enable seamless migration of workflows. So as I said before, we cannot expect you to go and change your partners, uh, clients, uh, you know, the SFTP clients, the configurations, the workflows that have already built in place. So we want it to be a seamless migration, a lift and shift of existing data sets. It's fully managed, so it's scalable, redundant, um, it's elastic, it connects into all of the uh, native AWS capabilities for monitoring um, you know, through, uh, through CloudWatch, CloudTrail, et cetera. Needed to make sure it was secure, because a big reason why customers are still using SFTP is because it's a secure protocol. So we want to make sure that we retain that security compliance that is uh, the core of business processes based on SFTP. Also, we wanted it to be cost effective. So, you know, lots of customers told us they spend a lot of money to manage their SFTP servers on-prem, either through um, their own DIY solutions or through commercial SFTP licenses. We wanted to follow the AWS philosophy of making it simple, easy, pay-as-you-go pricing. And we wanted it to be simple. And it's, it's really three steps, and Smita will show you the whole process in a demo um, in a few minutes. But the way we think about the three steps is, you map your host name, so instead of having your host name be on-prem, it's connected into um, AWS. You set up your S3 bucket where you want this data to land into. So you either have an existing bucket or you create a bucket so that the data coming in uh, through uploads or downloads goes into the S3 bucket. And you set up your users. And there's a couple different ways in which you can set up the users. They can be managed within the service or you can uh, use your own authentication. But it's really meant to be that simple. And so once you've done this, you now have your SFTP server in the cloud, no changes to your existing clients, workflows, processes, data is in S3, and you get all the benefits that I talked about in the previous slide. So let me go into a little bit more uh, detail on these uh, features. So you take the uh, domain of your SFTP server, so customer, sftp.customer.com, you can point that to AWS. So using Route 53 or whatever your DNS provider might be, you can route the traffic into AWS. So that way, the clients that are configured can continue to stay the same, uh, stay the same. host names, credentials, all stay valid. We have um, two ways of integrating. You can use your in-service authentication, or you can integrate with uh, LDAP or Active Directory or your existing identity brokers. From a fully managed perspective, um, it's an AWS service. We manage the uptime, the elasticity of the service. So if you're a customer who wants just a host name there for you so you can periodically transfer data into it, it's there. It's always available. If you're somebody who's transferring a lot of data every day, you can, uh, the system scales. A lot of uh, workloads tend to be periodic. So if you're in the financial industry, close of business, you have big peaks, and then you have uh, downtimes. So instead of having to keep your servers uh, fully scaled for that time, the managed SFTP service gives you the elasticity of, um, of use. And we have redundancy because it's a fully regional service. You get redundancy across availability zones. From a native AWS integration perspective, the data is in the uh, S3 bucket. So because of that, you have access to all the files that you're uploading um, as native S3 objects. So once they are objects in S3, you can take advantage of 
life cycling the data, maybe using the life cycle policy so you're archiving it for retention and long-term use. Or you can be running workloads on that. You can create uh, CloudWatch notifications, uh, trigger Lambda workloads, you can run um, big data analytics on it. So that data is already in, um, in, the, in the cloud. And you can also use it to share data with, with third parties. Uh, we have uh, IAM to control access to that bucket. So the service assumes a role that you give us. So through that, we write into the bucket. And you can create different uh, roles, different policies for your users. So some users may be uh, read-only, um, uh, write-only, read-write. So you have uh, the ability to control different roles um, as customers write into the uh, bucket. And you have the native um, encryption capabilities that the data gets stored um, through KMS encryption when, when it's in the S3 bucket. I mentioned before, at launch, we'll have PCI and HIPAA compliance. Um, we realize that in a lot of the businesses here look, look for uh, financial industries or the healthcare industry, so we wanted to launch with both these compliances. And you can track activity uh, through CloudWatch, so you have the ability to track which files were uploaded, uh, who's uploaded them, so you have the audit trail of your transfers as well. Uh, from a pricing perspective, there are two dimensions to pricing. There is a uh, per-use SFTP endpoint hour price. So it's 30 cents per hour that the SFTP endpoint is um, from the time it's created to it's deleted. And it, the uploads and downloads are charged at 4 cents per gigabyte of transfer. Um, now, to give you a perspective, uh, if you're running this server for the entire year, it costs you $2,300. So we designed it to be fairly small uh, so that you just set it up, forget it, and you don't have to worry about it. And then the elasticity comes in through the data transfer. So if you're a user that's transferring 10 gigabytes a day, you would end up spending 2.7K a year. If you're transferring 100 gigabytes a day, it costs 3.6K a year. And the feedback that we've heard from larger customers are uploading tens of terabytes a day for, uh, you know, insurance brokers or uh, medical records or even images and so on. It's fully elastic, so you pay by the amount of data that you're uh, transferring. Um, it's simple to use. Um, I'm not going to steal Smitha's thunder, but she's going to show you the actual demo. But it's really three steps. You set up the uh, domain in, in S3 um, through the DNS routing. You add your users through the two authentication methods that I mentioned before. Uh, and, and you're ready to go. So I'm going to pause here and hand it over to Ranga to talk about how FINRA is using um, the service. Thanks, Isa. Hello. My name is Ranga Rajkopal. I work for FINRA. I manage the enterprise data platforms uh, group at FINRA. Uh, today, I'm going to tell a little bit about FINRA and then uh, talk a little bit about our uh, AWS journey, and then go into our on-prem SFTP challenges and uh, how the AWS SFTP platform is uh, helping us uh, with our file exchange that we are planning to build. So for those of you who don't know about FINRA, FINRA is a financial regulatory authority. We uh, monitor uh, the securities industry. Um, uh, we monitor all of the 3,700 broker-dealers uh, in US and also who has about 630,000 plus uh, representatives that work for these broker-dealers. 
we monitor 99% of uh, equity stock market events and more than 65% of options stock market events. Um, we receive all the orders and trades at the end of the market uh, to us, and SFTP is one of the mechanisms by which uh, we get these uh, orders. Pretty large volume of data that we get. We are a pretty big big data shop. Uh, we get about uh, peak 135 billion market event that we are processing on a single day on peak. And on an average, we process about 50 to 60 billion market billion events per day. And a lot of these events are coming through SFTP for the data collection initially for us. Um, other, some of the other stats, you know, like we are, uh, a lot of our data processing is running in the cloud, AWS. Uh, we are running 50,000 plus uh, EC2 nodes on a daily basis for our processing. So what are our on-premises uh, cloud challenges? This is just to give you a brief overview about AWS journey. So data growth, year on year, we are seeing data growth. We have to always plan for uh, storage capacity, you know, like buying additional uh, storage. We always have to plan the storage for the peak, but the peak is not, not going to happen every day. So we need to be, we're paying for the peak storage all the time. And infrastructure costs were uh, expensive uh, on on-prem and maintenance cycles. And because the storage is uh, limited, we used to just move data to tapes and bring it back from tapes and keep it in multiple locations and always had a questions about like, you know, hey, where is the latest data? Oh, that's in the backup. We need to get it. So all kinds of data management issues in our on-prem uh, environment. So that's when we said like, you know, okay, I think it's high time. I think we need to move to cloud. So that's when we uh, went all in about three years back for all our big data processing in the cloud. And we had a very simple uh, strategy for our data management. Uh, we focused on some very basic things. Uh, we wanted to have a very pretty strong data catalog. Uh, we built an open source data management tool. Uh, that's our data catalog. And all our compute is running on EMR, ETL, batch processing, everything is running on EMR. And S3 is our single source of truth. That's our uh, data lake. Um, we have all our uh, golden copies, which we're using for backup, retention, everything is on S3 and Glacier. And we also have performant copies of the same data for faster querying, those kind of things in Parquet and Arc format in our big data environment. Again, as I said, I think one of our main things, like you know, S3 is our data lake, and that's one of the reasons this AWS SFTP service is going to help us because it is fully integrated with S3. And as everyone that did us, when they go to cloud, I think we made sure that our compute and storage are completely separate. Just a brief statistics numbers. Findra, we run about 50K plus EC2 instances every day, and we mostly run them on spot prices, which is saving us a lot of money. And our storage is about 30 petabyte plus in S3 and Glacier. on-premises SFTP challenges. So before going into the challenges, I'll just give you an overview of our SFTP environment. We have 1,000 plus active users from SFTP. All the broker dealers that send data to us, exchanges that send data to us, they're all using SFTP protocol to send the data to us. 1,000 plus users, 6 million files transferred monthly. Since our big data processing is running on the cloud, all the files that come through this SFTP, we actually currently push them to cloud and we make S3 API calls to push them to the cloud. So we're running about 7 million S3 API calls, uh, you know, and these files are coming into us every day. 
in the on-prem, we have six servers that are, on, that are running SFTP servers. We have a 20 terabyte NAS storage, and we have one of the challenges is like we're running multiple versions on-prem because you know, we are using custom products. And uh, it's a pretty uh, SLA, very highly SLA-driven environment because as soon as the file comes, within like few seconds and minutes, we need to start giving feedback to the firms that sent us the data. And then within about a couple of hours, we need to process the data and give the processing feedback back to the senders. So pretty tightly uh, SLA-based uh, environment. This is our high-level architecture. As you can see, everything on the top is on the cloud. So we went all in, into our big data processing in the cloud about uh, three years back. We finished the journey about a year back. As you can see, the bottom portion of the screen is where our SFTP form and SFTP form is sitting right now. That is currently in on-premises. So that's our only thing that's currently running in on-premises. And if we are able to move this to the cloud, we are like, oh, hey, all our data processing, all data collection, everything is in the cloud. So the perfect timing for us with this product. Some of the challenges that we are facing with our uh, file transfer. So we have to provide multiple endpoints to the customers. As I told earlier, I think we have about six servers running on our SFTP form. The servers that started about maybe 10 years back, we used a different uh, DNS, different IP addresses that came like two years later, have a different DNS, different IP addresses. So out of the firms that are sending, like 10% of them are probably sending to IP address one. Some of them are sending it to IP address two and multiple flavors of implementation because it's been over time, we've been uh, maintaining this in the on-prem environment. Some of the SFTP servers on-prem use like the native Unix authentication. Some of them use uh, our uh, standard authentication. So mix it and we all get, we get calls from the firms. Hey, I sent a file to that server, did you receive it? Then we said, oh, we didn't see it. Oh, I used that other user account. Oh, okay, let me go check the other server. So we get these, Questions like this where the firms that are sending data to us sometimes don't know where they should send the files. So multiple implementation, and uh, we are using a COTS product, so we always have to you know, worry about uh, customizing the COTS product for the way that we need uh, for the data collection. So these were our uh, challenges in the on-prem SFTP. So at the time, about a year back, we said actually, okay, I think it's time we need to think about uh, moving this uh, to the cloud. So these, these are the options that were in front of us. Okay, We can build an in-house de development, and then we, I tried to come up with an ROI, and it was not attractive at all. I think uh, it was like a pretty uh, you know, like weak ROI. There is no way I would be able to convince uh, our folks to actually invest in that, that kind of a dollars. And then we thought, like, okay, let's use the same product that we are using in on-prem, the COTS product, and put it on the uh, cloud. And then we looked at it pretty challenging, you know, like we need to manage our own AMIs, we need to do our own patching, and SSH servers, you know, like some big SSH hotfix is coming, we need to worry about it. So quite challenging. We also looked at a couple of uh, AWS native products, and pretty much the products that we looked at didn't even meet our requirements of, you know, security and other stuff. So we said, like, okay, what should we do? Perfect timing. AWS told us, like, hey, we're going to build AWS SFTP service. Wow, okay. One big problem solved. Going back to my architecture diagram, now I can say to everyone in our group, actually, you know, hey, we're all in the cloud. Even the last piece that's sitting in the on-prem, it's gone to the cloud now. So we started building what we call, actually, as a file platform, file exchange platform. And 
It's powered by AWS SFTP. We've been working with uh, Smita and uh, the team for quite some time in our beta environment, doing the testing and giving feedback. And this is the high-level architecture of our uh, SFTP environment. So on the left, you see our customers coming in. They come in through a DNS that they have today, and then they have a static IP. That which they currently, uh, we have multiple IPs right now, but we'll go to a single static IP so that in the moving forward, nothing will change for the firms. And then they come into our firewall, they go into an NLB, and then from there it hits the AWS uh, SFTP service. Once it hits the AWS SFTP service, what you see on the right side is where actually we are doing the bring your own authentication. So we have our, actually our own single sign-on system at Findra. So all our firms use the same single sign-on system to sign into our SFTP or other services that they log into. So through API Gateway and a Lambda, we actually have a single sign-on method that we have built, which we will authenticate against our single sign-on system, and then it will bring back the policies and the folders that they can actually see, whether they can read from the folder, whether they can write to the folder, all kinds of permissions and policies will be returned back and then it will be sent to the SFTP call, and it is completely seamless to the uh, end user. So we are really excited about you know, completely moving to this uh, service. Very simple architecture, very easily, uh, from an end user perspective, I think the firms or any of your customers shouldn't see a lot of change when they move to this service. Other, Fintra, other benefits that we are seeing, it's fully managed, as ASA was already saying, fully automatically scaling, so we don't have to worry about, we get about, uh, as I said, like about, about a month back, I think we hit our peak of 135 billion transactions. We don't have to worry about those kind of market peaks. It's fully scalable. So in the on-prem environment, even about two, two, three weeks back, when there was a big market volume increase, we had big issues with our uh, NAS environment. So we don't have to worry about those things in the future. And it fully meets our disaster recovery requirements by having multi-AZ support. So we use multi-AZ as our default uh, plan for our disaster recovery plan. So this service, by default being uh, multi-AZ, it meets our DR requirements. And again, as I said earlier, I think S3 is our data lake. So it's fully integrated with S3. As and when the file comes in, it goes to S3, and it's immediately registered with our data catalog. And all of our internal consumers and anyone that uses APIs to use our data catalog they can immediately get access to the data. It's KMS encrypted, so I mean we are a financial regulatory organization. We are big on uh, security, so having KMS encryption is extremely critical for us. So it provides uh, KMS encryption. And as I told in the architecture diagram, I think we are doing a bring your own authentication mechanism through API Gateway and Lambda, and it meets the AuthN and AuthC requirements that we have for our uh, authentication. And when we've been working very closely with uh, the product team from uh, AWS, so we've been doing beta testing, and I think we are really excited that today the service is, in this reInvent, the service is officially launched, and we are actually going to go all in with the service now, and uh, within about six months, we plan to move all our F SFTP workloads into this uh, uh, service. In addition to that, some of the additional things that we are going to build is uh, uh, we are going to have HTTPS support on, on top of our FileX platform that we are building so that 
some customers, as a backup mechanism, they, don't, they want to use HTTPS if for some reason SFTP is down or some other reason. So we want to basically provide an HTTPS access. And we also want to provide like a drag and drop file upload features, those kind of things. And we, we also want to make direct API-enabled uh, uh, connectivity so that if someone wants to just do an API call instead of actually coming to a command line and doing an SFTP call, they can do it. These are some of the things that we are going to build on top of this uh, platform that on our Fintra side, we call it actually as Filex platform. That's what we are planning to do. Thank you. Now I'm going to turn it to Smita. She's going to talk about the demo. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so as Asa and Ranga talked about uh, some of these authenticated me methods, I wanted to also uh, go a little bit uh, deeper into them. We have two ways uh, in which you can authenticate your users, right? The first one we call service managed, uh, where you know if you have a use case where you're spinning up a new SFTP server, you can store and manage your users' identities within the service, right? So if you look at this diagram, what you'll do is, and this is what my demo will show you as well, where you configure, create a server, configure the users, uh, you know, upload their keys. Um, and then you have to give the access. So we access your bucket using a role, so would, you would you'd give us that reference to those roles that we would use to access your bucket to service your user's transfer requests. And then your users come to this endpoint, your endpoint in AWS, right, the server. They would connect to that, um, and then you know, we'd use that role to access the bucket, like I said. Now the other form of authentication that uh, Ranga's uh, team is using uh, so that's the one that we call where you can plug in a custom identity provider, right? You may have users uh, stored within your own uh, database, like whether it's a, it's a Microsoft Active Directory or you're using an LDAP server or one of these um, directories on-prem, right? We give, give you a way where you can integrate that and continue to use that. So this is the part where Asa mentioned where you can seamlessly migrate these users. Right? They don't need to change any of their credentials. They can continue to use, in this mode, if they're using keys, they can continue to use that. Or they're using a password-based authentication, they can still use that um, uh, and not need, they don't need to change anything on their end. Walking through a little bit of that workflow here in this diagram, uh, you'd first need to set this up. And the way you would integrate this is, we'll give you a CloudFormation template uh, with an API gateway, um, you know, structure in it, and you would fill that to query your uh, identity provider. Once that is set up, now when your users come to log in, uh, we will query your API gateway method, and then we'll successfully authenticate your user, and then from there on, it's no different from the other uh, method that I spoke, where it's still role-based access uh, to your uh, S3 bucket. Okay, cool. With that, I'd like to do a demo. Before the demo, I want to describe uh, a little bit about the setup. Obviously, we need your S3 bucket, right? You want to set that up, which you want to pick which bu bucket you want to use for the transfer. Um, and then you need an IAM role and policy because that's how we access the bucket. That's how the service, uh, you know, you, that's how you will control access to the bucket. And then, of course, an SSH key pair, and that's the part of the demo that I'll show you in a bit.
be. So uh, you, within services, you would come to AWS transfer for SFTP, right, uh, to access the service. And what you would do is you would do, say, create server, right? And the options are, as Isa mentioned, sometimes you, if you have your own DNS, your own custom domain, you can use it here and point the server endpoint. So that's where you would set that up. Um, and then you have two options to add your users, right? Either service managed or you want to use a custom. I'm going to use service managed for this demo. And then we give you the option for logging, right? As you know, with your audit trail activity, you want to know. It's not showing on the screen. It's showing on the main one there. Oh, OK. Yeah, we're good. Right. Okay. No, what you're showing there is not. Yeah. Oh, is it frozen? Yeah. OK. OK. Yeah. Now it's good. Yeah. Thank you. So um, I was showing you when you create a server, uh, I'm sorry to repeat myself a little bit, but this is the part where you do the DNS setting. And then this is where you would select how you want to add your users, right? whether it's service managed or custom that we just spoke about. Um, and then if you remember, Asa talked in, you know, about within security and compliance, you want an audit trail of what your users are doing with the service. Uh, you know, failed authentication, successful authentication, uploads, downloads, uh, and even metrics on what's happening with your server. So in order to do that, you can set up a CloudWatch role that will allow us to write to your CloudWatch logs and report metrics within your Amazon CloudWatch. And optionally, you can even tag your server. So you may have uh, reasons you know, for cost allocation that you want to keep track of uh, the server. So with that, I'm going to create a server. I'm going to make sure my screen changes. For some reason, my screen isn't changing, so I'm going to force that to happen. OK, so this is the list of servers that I have. Um, as you can see, I just created this server, so it's starting. Um, I'm going to go to one of my online servers so I can skip through. Um, so when you go here, you can see your server details. Some important things to note um, are this is my endpoint, the host name that I have because I don't have a custom DNS set up here. So as you can see, So as you can see, this is my server details page, and this is my endpoint host name. Um, so this is the one that you would map your DNS to so that you can have your own custom domain, like my company, sftp.mycompany.com. And right now, I don't have any users, and that's where I'm going to start adding users. Um, I'm just a little concerned why my screen isn't changing, but oh, OK. Oh, I still don't see it, so I'm just going to show you. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to change my screen to make sure it reflects. Right yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank you. Okay, cool. So with add user, um, when I add a user, I'll give a username. So I'm going to give 
uh, Smitha AWS, right? And this is the part where, uh, that I mentioned, that this is where I would add or assign a role. Although my user, uh, Smitha AWS, would connect, as you'll see in the demo, using an SFTP client and using an SFTP credential, the role is just for accessing the bucket and you to control what operations on the client you want to allow them to perform and not perform. Um, and then I'm going to assign a home directory and give that uh, pick a bucket that I want to here. And then I'm going to give a landing directory because uh, when Smitha logs in, um, you know, she, there's a landing point that she knows where she can start uh, uploading files from. And then there's a part about public keys. So I have a public key right here. Remember, the user, uh, the service has the public key, and the user has their private key, local on disk. So that's something that stays on at their disk. And optionally, I can tag these users, right, uh, if I want to keep track. So with that, I hit Add User. As you can see, now I'm back to the server screen, and my user has been added to my server. Now the fun part of connecting using an SFTP client. I pick Cyberduck, but you can pick any uh, SFTP uh, client, right? That I'm going to open connection. Here, the first important thing is select SFTP as the protocol. Right? Uh, the server endpoint, this is the endpoint host name. I'm going to put it in here, put the username. And then I'm going to select my private key here, as I mentioned. Hit connect. See, authenticating me. Right, login successful. Cool. So the first thing I want to do is I want to upload a file. I'm going to file. I say upload. Um, we've got a couple of cute cat and dog photos here. Cats or dogs? Cats or dogs? I guess I'll pick a cat for now. Um, can I upload the file? So it's uploading here. As you can see, I picked a bucket. That was Smitha transfer SFTP. So I'm going to go to my S3 management console. This is my bucket, right? And this is the folder that I was talking about. Home Smith AWS. You see, there's no file here. So once it's done uploading, I'm going to hit refresh, and you can see the cat photo is now here in my SD bucket. Um, we can do the other way around. I can upload a file and make that. Let's say this time I'm going to pick a dog photo because um, you know, give up. Go next. Next. upload. So it's in my bucket. Let's go back to the client here. And we can hit refresh, and there you go. So, so what we did was we uploaded, we set up the user, right? Give them the uh, assign the role so that we know we have access to the bucket, right? Um, the user uploaded a file. The file showed up in the S3 bucket. We uploaded a file through S3, and that showed up on the user's client. So there's that two-way communication that we've allowed the user to perform based on the IAM role that we've assigned.
Thank you, Smita. So I'm going to wrap up. Um, you know, we are finishing up early. Hopefully, you guys get to go to dinner soon. Um, thanks, Ranga, for telling us about your journey to um, AWS. It was great partnering with your team to uh, develop the solution. So just a quick wrap up here. Um, you know, in the Andy's in Andy's keynote this morning, he talked about 11 different data transfer services for different types of applications. We are focusing on a few key ones over here. Uh, obviously, the transfer for SFTP service is the one that we um, uh, introduced in this section. Um, in order to make the uh, applications complete and to give customers a full uh, life cycle of usage, we also launched Data Sync, which allows uh, provides an additional way to move data from on-prem to the cloud. And then for those customers that still need to access that data from on-prem, you have hybrid storage services like Storage Gateway. So that's sort of a full portfolio of services that uh, solve all kinds of data transfer and storage needs. So I'm going to stop here. You know, the key headlines are it's a fully managed service, three steps to moving your SFTP workloads to the cloud. It's elastic, it's cost effective, and simple to use. So that's it. Sure. What's the lifespan of the host keys? So you've got a client key, but you also got a host key. What's the lifespan of that, and can you change it? I can take that, yeah. yeah. So on the server, you're asking on the server side. So as long as you've spun up the server, uh, it's the same host key. If you bring it down and you, again, you connect a difference, you got the answer. Cool. Can you um, reduce access to the app? SFTP via IP or something, or some scoping down somewhere there for accessing that server directly? Oh, you mean the IP? Uh, like uh, external IPs to that SFTP. Can you limit, like a whitelist? Uh, right now we can't. Okay. But we know the feedback. We've heard that feedback, so yeah, stay Thanks. tuned. Thank you. Can we use this in GovCloud? Not yet. 13 regions here. Yeah, it is available in 13 regions, uh, GovCloud and um, um, South America and um, Mumbai are three regions that uh, we are not available in today. You had mentioned something about uh, a CloudFormation template for the external identity provider. Is that something publicly accessible? Yeah, we'll make that available in our documentation so that you have a template ready and then you can write your business logic within that. Is there a way we can add some rules? Like let's say I, have, I want all JPG files to go into one bucket and uh, different type of files into another bucket. You could put those rules on your bucket side uh, in S3. Mm -hmm. um, and we, uh, you know, you're, you're- No, but it is transfer. So what I see is that the file, whatever format you provide or whatever it is, it comes and saves into the another bucket. Yeah. Then I have to run another Lambda function or some other job so that it can reach to another place. Okay. So as of now, whatever it is there, it just transfers. Um, so it uses uh, role-based access to mm -hmm. transfer. So if you set that up in your IAM role somehow, uh, you could have that, uh, that, that type of rule worked out. So, if, so my short answer is if IAM supports that rule, mm -hmm. we will support it. So. Okay, okay, one more thing is, sorry, uh, one minute. Uh, what if, if I want to directly put into another S3 layer, something like uh, I have some data which has to be zipped and directly sent into Glacier. 
Can we do that? Directly send it to a glacier. A glacier or somewhere. Um, so generally what we recommend is since it goes into your S3 bucket, you can apply life cycle policies okay. and have that life cycle into glacier mm -hmm. uh, rather than a direct put is what we recommend as best practices. Yeah, but I have to pay for 30 days for staying in this S3 standard, then it will go to a glacier. Yeah, but you also have to watch out, make sure your users can't download or access this. So Thank Also you. with S3 launching intelligent tiering, you know, some of those capabilities will become available yeah. uh, to, to use, more effectively it. use your S3 bucket. Exactly. Why were you using a network load balancer? Sorry, I didn't hear. The, right, network load balancer, what was because the, the point AWS provided uh, NLB service. Right? I think I'm just looking at one of our tech folks here. Yeah, so uh, we have a private endpoint on our side. No, the question is about what are we using for NLB? No, no I, in your diagram, you had a network load balancer in front of the SFTP um, endpoint. Why, why did you do that? Or is that part of the, the architecture? It's part of our architecture, actually. Okay. Yeah. I, I think the idea was, why are you doing that? Why we are doing it? That is where I think uh, I think I just need to. Yeah. So the reason we provide or have the NLB in front is because our network we have private endpoints into our own system, and that's just inside of RBTC. It's strictly our own endpoints in our network. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, first, thank, thanks very much for releasing this service. We're in a very high demand for this FTP service because uh, a lot of users, uh, they just don't have access to a console or uh, you know, they're not tech savvy to uh, directly on the uh, S3 files. Uh, my question is, uh, is uh, data transfer uh, purely connected to uh, the FTP uh, port? Uh, is it 558 for SFTP? Or uh, do, you, do you guys use uh, like a dynamic uh, port range for like uh, using passive modes to transfer data? The reason why I'm asking this question is because uh, our uh, company network policy like uh, limits any access below like 10,000 port range, so we kind of need an adjustment to our existing FTP service. Uh, we might have to do the same thing if we want to use this uh, AWS FTP service. So first of all, it's SFTP, right? So it uses the port SS, uh, SSH port dot 22, right? So I'm not uh, sure uh, how that would. So it's, it's quite firewall friendly in general is what customers have told me. Uh, so it should not be a problem. Um, actually, I have multiple questions. So if I, the, the authentication that is currently in place, mm -hmm. if I need to replace with my own custom authentication, say, say for example, I need to basically authenticate only based on certain internal business uh, logic that I have. So only, um, say, meaning if I need to authenticate based on, uh, you know, my own custom LDAP, right? So yeah. um, is, is there a feature to, you know, do that? Exactly. So that's what the API gateway part, that's mm -hmm. where you would plug that in using an API gateway, where you would plug in your custom business logic inside a Lambda function. Uh, so then when your users come to authenticate, we would call out to your function, your method, uh, to successfully authenticate them. And that's where you, know, you can put in anything custom uh, that's related to your business. Okay, and, and um, uh, my follow-up question is, if I need to protect this against like any, um, if it's a customer-facing SFTP uh, site and 
if I need to protect against any DDoS attacks, potential DDoS attacks, do I need to put CloudFront uh, in front of this, and, and is this supported? So, uh, regarding, in general, you know, comment on DDoS and all this, so these are something that as AWS, you know, we, uh, you know, we're very vigilant, right? We make sure that there's no, if there's abuse, we detect abuse quickly, right? And mm -hmm. we make sure that your legit users are not affected by it. Uh, that being said, there are ways in which you could do things that we can discuss. But there is a, a so general layer of protection. Shield, guard duty, and things like yeah. that. Would okay, all right. Yes. And uh, my last question: uh, If I need to, meaning, uh, if my current SFTP uh, that is on-prem, if it has its own policies like you know, uh, revoke the access after five invalid attempts and things like that, meaning, is there anything out of box available on the AWS service side? That, so that's that again in your custom. You can kind of do that, right? Okay. Um, because you know, you, we, like I said, we put everything in CloudWatch, right? So you, when you detect that, you can immediately in your business logic say this user, uh, if they try to authenticate, uh, deny access. So it can be done with the service. And, and from the authentication side, if the client is using any private certificate-based uh, authentication, is it is it supported? By, you say private cert certificate. Is that the same SSH keys? Uh, it, it may not be, meaning if you're sharing uh, some certificates with the client and if uh, they're authenticating based on that certificate? Um, no, right now it's SSH key pair SSH or, pa or okay. password based if you're, you're bringing your own authentication. Okay, all right, yeah. thank you. Okay. Uh, uh, I got, you're like five. <laughs> Uh, so as part of the AWS transfer um, product, I know I don't really have any questions on the FTP side, um, but w w my company deals with a lot of bandwidth, you know, similar to his company. Um, do you have any plans for exposing S3 um, transfer protocols, anything other than S FTP, maybe like UDP? So we just launched a service for high-speed data transfers that we called uh, Data Sync. Uh, that's typically what falls into the van accelerator category. So through that, you can basically you install an agent on-prem. You point it to your S3 bucket or even EFS file system, and you can transfer. We showed a demo earlier today. You can go up to 10 gigabits per second per agent, or you can bond multiple DX lines as well. Is that where you were going for large transfers? Okay. Yeah, so if I'm looking to kind of speed up or work on precise post-upload uh, post services like uh, S3 events or things like that, is there anything like tagging or metadata attached to the S3 objects that'll help me like know who put something or kind of how that came in? Yeah, so, we so for every object that your user uploads, um, you know, as metadata, we write the server that it came from and the username. So that based on that, you can kick off an event. Oh, because this user A you know, came from this server, then let me do this. So you can plug in your business logic based on that information. Uh, do you have CLI or API support to create servers yeah, or users? Yeah, we have that. Okay. You said uh, authentication can be done by keys or passwords. Do you also want to extend that to client certificates? Is it certificates, you said? Client certificates. Um, I think it's similar to the question. Um, we'll take your feedback, and we'll see. Um, okay. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, there are a couple others. 
Hi, thank you for your presentation. I have a couple of questions. Uh, for me, it's not clear uh, the world made a question. So is there any way of uh, customize the port of SFTP? Customize the port? Yeah, if you want, for example, port a different port from 22. Currently, or, no. Or it's in the roadmap, I, or? We, we'll, yeah, maybe we can discuss what the maybe, use case. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to know. Yeah. Okay, and another question that I have, uh, give you some light about how this service auto scale, or how you do manage, for example, I don't know, 1,000 sessions of SFTP currently running? You want to monitor those sessions, or? Um, yeah, how, do, how this uh, service is specifically uh, auto scale? You have been talking about Elastic. So but, uh, behind the scenes, we run a bank of SFTP servers. So you know, each, uh, each instance can accommodate a certain number of connections. So we auto scale those uh, servers as your uh, connections increase. So by the number of sessions. Thank yeah. you. Um, I have a question about the uh, scope down and some of the variables. Are there any plans to be able to take the variables like the username and be able to use that in like the path automatically for a uh, service managed account? So yes, we do support scope down in service managed. So the whole point of that is it, we evaluate that uh, policy in real time. So it's supported in both service managed and uh, the other. Um, but if you were to have like a, a folder specific to that user, yeah. you still have to manually, is it correct that you still have to manually configure that in the home directory? You mean in your bucket? Uh, no. When you're setting up the user, it allows you to specify a home directory? Yes. Within the bucket? Yes. Um, and in, that doesn't automatically carry forward the, the username, is that correct? Uh, not necessarily, but you, it, we suggest that you set it up with the username so that they know that it's them. Yeah. Thank you. Is there any limitations that you can disclose? Is it mostly just the limitations of like S3 transfer, or is there like built-in caching to accelerate S3? Or so is the standard S3 object size, right? Like file size, and that's one. You know, object size is five terabyte. At I'll, the end of the day, these files are objects. Right? Well, I was so talking that. about like transfer speeds. Um, like, can you know, tens of thousands of users concurrently? So we've done some testing, right? But then, like we said, we have an auto-scaling group that takes that watches what the traffic is in real time and scales to meet the needs. Um, I'd like to also say, you know, in our labs, we've done some testing. We've seen some performance. However, you know, it depends also on your end users' network throughput, right? What they are seeing and what clients they are using. So, um, so I've, that's where we are. Yeah, I think I just answered the question I have: is the size of the file. Uh, you say five terabytes, right? Yeah. What about that? Can you upload multiple files, like everything in the folder? So one time, one shot, with uh, every select everything in this folder. So it will get uploaded, right? All of them uh, serially based on the bandwidth. So they'll get uploaded to the bucket, right? Somebody here. I think there was one. Uh, I assume that all the connection has to direct connect. Is it true? Doesn't have to be through direct connect, no. no. So it's not mandatory, is it? I'm sorry? No, it's not. So it can pass over whatever your client's you know, internet connection is. Yeah. It doesn't exactly. have to be on direct connect. It can use whatever internet connection you have. Correct. 
Just on the pricing, so the transfer is both transfer in and out in terms of the cost of data transfer? In this yes, instance? it's for both uploads and downloads. Right, so it's billed equally Correct. for both ingress Correct. and outgress. So do you know how that kind of compares to like running, like obviously a lot of people here have probably ran um, SFTP servers, auto-scaling SFTP servers on EC2 before and you know, in fronted by like either a classic load balancer in, in, in our case or an NLB and how that compares in terms of like the overall cost because it looks kind of on the expensive side when you kind of go to petabyte sort of transfer which is you know some of the some of the customers we're dealing with is transferring you know um, mp3 large you know record label catalogs whole record label catalogs. maybe i'll let ranga answer that because he's probably <laughs> done some of that analysis i mean yeah definitely from an, i mean again from an roi perspective as i said earlier i think we have done extensive analysis on uh, how much labor we are spending on, uh, you know, like, you know, supporting a cards product that you put it on an EC2 and, uh, you know, like, uh, you have to maintain uh, everything and then you need to build your security, uh, whatever that you need to build. So we definitely have done a pretty detailed analysis on those investments that we have to make yeah. and, you know, continue supporting it as an in-house built product. And uh, I think, as I think from our perspective, we are a pretty big SFTP, uh, you know, like uh, ingest shop. Mm -hmm. So the ROI was pretty straightforward uh, from the way, you know, like the pricing is done uh, by AWS actually. So I think the options that I provided, uh, that I showed in the presentation, sure. I think uh, when we went to the AWS SFTP service, my ROI was coming far, far earlier than what would have happened if I had not gone the other three options. So we are meeting the ROI at a very earlier stage. Yeah. So it was yeah, a no-brainer. We've, we've had it running for close to four years without too many problems, without, without you know, huge amount of investment. And if I do the, just the sums in my head right now, I can kind of already see it's like an order of magnitude more expensive, right? So um, just off what I know, uh, and, and looking at the numbers, it would probably be at least an order of magnitude more expensive than, than what we've currently got, which is, what, which is kind of a, like I was a bit surprised when I saw the pricing. Okay. So do you know uh, when it auto scales? Does the, uh, we have a, a lot of clients for whom uh, change in the signature was a big deal. Uh, all of their client SFTP servers rejected the connection to the new uh, key. And so uh, when it auto scales, do you get multiple servers with different keys? Uh, so if they trust our one server, uh, but then it auto scales up to two or three. Uh, do you know if that will? As I mentioned, like once you create your server, it's just one key, so they have to allow that, and then they're opted in. So even if it scales up, yeah, that's okay. it. it's behind the scenes. That's the pool of scaling. So. Hi. Um, are there any issues with um, file overwrites and S3 consistency in terms of what the clients will see? As an SP, uh, um, to download the resulting file? So as we always suggest, you know, you want to make sure there's only one writer to an object, right? There's no such uh, locking, so you may want to make sure that each user has their own area where they only write to, and you don't have any process that's also writing in cloud to that same uh, object. So you'd have to coordinate that, make sure you have one writer to each object. Love it. So many questions. <laughs> Getting some exercise there, Dylan. Is it possible through a bucket policy or IAM policy 
to limit the size of the file the user can upload? Um, if IAM supports it, yes. Uh, you know, then your user, when they try to upload, uh, it'll fail, right, as long as you're okay with that. So if, if it's supported on the IAM side, uh, you know, we won't accept that upload. Uh, yes, I have a question uh, for the CloudWatch logins. Uh, are they separated per SFTP sessions for like authentication errors or all together? The CloudWatch logs? So you yeah. get them all um, you know, at, in one logs. It's the same log. Um, but you, know, you could monitor that for failures. There's a way you can monitor so that you only get the failures. You get alerted only on failures, for instance. And is that per SFTP session? So when you have multiple SFTP sessions, can you see them separated? Or is yeah, that you'll see them separately. Okay, like for okay, each user, yeah. you know, what they did. It, okay. It's a pretty detailed log. Like some of our beta customers have told us they found it very valuable. Okay, so you should check it out. Thank you. You're going to beat me on those steps there, didn't today? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> In terms of the S3 events that yeah. fire, right, so are they firing once the file is fully transferred? Correct. Or, right, so there's some signaling behind the scenes to S3 that the, the file's been completely written, or are you like writing it as like some temporary name and then renaming the object? Like, what's No, we, the... don't, we don't put the file in any temporary space, yep. but we've made sure that the S3 event gets uh, fired only when the file is completely written um, into the object. So and that's independent of the file size? That's right, okay. yes. Because we wanted you to use the S3 event out of the box. Yeah. Hi, thanks. Uh, this is Anders Bresel from Teleno Connection, been part of one of the betas. Uh, just want to iterate two of the feature requests. One is that once data loads lands on S3, you typically want to split your data processing into a dev and a prod stream where you can uh, do things differently, um, but you cannot evoke S3 events twice uh, on the create S3 object. So is there any plans near time to invoke like an SNS topic or something that you can sub subscribe to so you don't need to copy the data? Um, mm. And the second one, uh, yeah, please answer that and I will think of the next. Um, so, you, yeah, so you're saying I think when the file lands, you want to fire off an SNS topic, is that correct? Uh, instead of an S3 event. Um, we will take that uh, to consideration so that maybe something through CloudWatch or something. Right? So. Last question? Yeah, there's one person okay. here. So I'll, if you want, you can say it. We do have a couple additional chalk talks. I'm uh, flashing them on the screen there yeah. between tomorrow and Friday. If folks uh, want to get additional hands-on information. Yeah. So my question is around um, the CloudWatch. Yeah. Um, so I can see that you would get the normal S3 CloudWatch events coming through. Yeah, the S3 events, right. Uh, S3 events. Right. So do you have specialist events for the SFTP service? Um, no, these are just SC Not events. at the moment, Not yeah. Not at the moment, yeah. So for a large file transfer, you're really depending on the S3 events for the file to land, so you won't see an initiating transfer that fails partway through or any of that kind so of So if thing? the transfer failed, we put it into your CloudWatch logs, the transfer right. failed. That's what you'll receive. Okay. And if, it, if you subscribe to S3 events, as I said, you'll see. Uh, okay. Yeah. So do you get, so there's no 
obvious way to measure the um, period of time that was taken for the client to see. Again, we can use CloudWatch metrics, right? We right. tell you how much bytes were uploaded and downloaded in a period of time if you've seen CloudWatch. So then you can use that to see how long it took to upload these okay. files. Thank so, you. Okay. Dylan, there's one last one back there. Yeah. 10 seconds. You remembered. Either I remember, you just want to get this guy running less than more. Uh, yeah, this, uh, the other thing is that uh, on touch on this earlier topic, when there is a, a file copied with the same name, because there are typically you know third-party providers sending out files to this SFTP, mm -hmm. uh, is I would like to ask you to have like a MD5 checksum feature or something that you can distinguish. This is a new file, but mm -hmm. with the same name, so you can sort of separate these two. And ensure that you just act on updated data, or just ignore, don't ignore something that has the same name as before. Okay, thanks. You could also keep versioning on in your bucket. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, thank you.